is that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with, is that really in the Bible? Question, if God spoke to you and told you to do something, would you do it? I mean, if you, now, now, now let me preface this, I mean, let me say this. If you really knew it was, was from God, would you do it? I mean, if you heard a voice. Now, I know that there's all kinds of people go around, the Lord spoke to me and told me to do this, told me to do, do that. But, but if you knew there was no doubt in your mind that God had told you to do something. My question is, would you do it? Now, I know we would like to, I would like to say, yes, I would do it if I knew it was from God. But then we have the example of Adam and Eve who walked with God, who talked with God, where God was a regular visitor in the Garden of Eden, where they had a friendship going on. And God told them specifically not to do something. And he said, you know, of all the trees that are in the garden, you may freely eat. Now, now, now get, there must have been hundreds of them. Hundreds of trees they could eat from. But the one, just one, now get this, just one, don't eat of it. And like a spoiled brat, that if you take a child and put him in a room full of toys, a hundred toys, and surround him with a hundred toys, and then take one toy, the ugliest one, the most disgusting to toy, and put a red sticker on it and say, now you can play with all these other toys, these nice brand new toys, but that one dilapidated piece of junk with the red sticker on it, don't play with it. And you go out as a parent and you just look and see, you know, behind the glass or whatever, leave the child alone. Eventually, you know what the child's going to do, don't you? That child is going to start gravitating toward that one clunker junk piece of a toy with a red sticker on it. Why? Well, because you told him not to. All right. That's, that's the way it works. Okay. So God spoke to them and told them uh, not to do something. And they did it anyway. Now, I know, though, I will say this. They had a good excuse because they were deceived. In other words, this was an incredible, you know, being that was deceiving them. Lucifer, an archangel that rebelled against God, who come along and says, has God said? And then, of course, the woman begins to reason. Worst thing you can do. Worst thing, it's like reasoning with a used car salesman. It's like reasoning with a salesman that knocks on your door. Well, no, no, now God has said that we can do this, but we can't do that over there. You know, and, and she begins, to, and, and then the battle is lost right there. It's, it was lost right there. So they were both deceived as far as the reason they didn't do what God told them to do. Now, I want to look at a man in the Bible who was not deceived and still didn't do what God told him to do. He arrogantly, with a high hand, presumptuously, as the Bible says, went against and didn't do what God told him to do. He did not listen to God. He did not do what God told him to do. In fact, he actually almost starts to correct God and say, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. 
Now, this is just not any man. This is not just your run-of-the-mill man in the Bible that you read about. This was a disciple. This was an apostle. His name was Peter. His name was Peter. And we find the story, and it's referred to as Peter's vision. Let's take a look at it. Acts 10 and verse 10. And he became very hungry, that is, Peter became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth. Wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him saying, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Now, what is in question here is the dietary laws of God. In other words, God separates clean versus unclean animals. And he says, Now, these you may freely eat, the clean beasts. They're meant for human consumption. But the unclean, which are not meant for human consumption, I don't want you eating them. They're designed as for a scavenger. They're called scavenger animals that are designed to clean up the earth. Deuteronomy 14, verse 2. For you are a holy people unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord has chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself above all the nations that are upon the earth. You're supposed to be special, okay? Now, how can we be special? Well, it goes on. Thou shalt not eat any abominable thing. These are the beasts which you shall eat. And what God lays out here are the dietary laws of clean versus unclean. You have scavengers of the land, okay? Scavengers of the air. A vulture would be a scavenger of the air. You have scavengers of the sea, sea life, that bottom dwellers that are designed to clean up all the... Uh, the crap at the bottom of the ocean. But that's what scavengers do. They, they clean up the land. You know, they, a possum is a scavenger. Vultures are a scavenger. A pig is a scavenger. Maybe, maybe you didn't know that. They were designed to clean up, you know, the earth. Now, the scavengers are not meant for human consumption because of what they eat, okay? Pigs have eaten Philadelphia's garbage and sewage for more than 100 years, saving the city more than $3 million a year in landfill cost. Now, this is the proper use of the scavenger animals. They are designed to clean up the environment. Now, think about that one. There's all kinds of people out there, you know, environmentalists who are all concerned about the environment. You know, let's save the spotted owl. Let's hug a tree. You know, let's... And here's God's word and part of God's word is the dietary laws. And he says that these beasts, these unclean beasts, are scavengers. And their design, original design, is not to be eaten. You don't eat these unclean beasts. Their design is to clean up the environment. Okay. Now, I want to tell you something that, that you may not realize. If you live in America, you're already keeping about 80% of these dietary laws. You don't eat vultures. You don't eat possums. And you don't eat snakes. And, and, and you know, uh, you don't eat cockroaches. There's just a lot of things you don't eat. So you're already keeping about 80% of these dietary laws. Now, if we look at other countries, though, uh, a lot of other countries, 
less educated countries, they, they eat bats, they eat you know, snakes, they eat it all. I mean, they just eat all this unclean meats that are scavengers they eat. And uh, a lot of disease, a lot of things going on there that, that really is unhelpful. Uh, unhealthful, excuse me. And unhelpful, yeah, too. But anyway, it's only about 20% of some meats that people have a time with, like pig meat, you know. Boy, I sure love that swine. That stuff sure, sure tastes good, you know. And, and really, even that is a southern thing. You know, you don't, you know, uh, you don't see, if you go up north and you go up to California, you don't see this obsession with pig meat. You know, when I was in school, Franklin County School, it was like they had an obsession with pig meat. I couldn't eat lunch. I kept the dietary laws back then when I was going to school. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the, you had pig and blanket on, on, on Monday. You had ham sandwiches on Tuesday. You had, uh, you know, pork chops on Wednesday. And you had um, <clears throat> something else, some other type of pig on, on Thursday. Friday was the only day I could eat, you know, fish day. And it was probably unclean, too, uh, whatever the fish was. But anyway... So it, it was a pig-infested school that I went, but it was a, it's a southern thing. It's not, not everywhere, this obsession with pig meat. I went by a church one time, and it, they had, on their nice billboard electronic sign, it said, Pig Roast. Had a date for a pig roast. All people come around. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking, you know, these people who claim to know God wouldn't even know how to feed Jesus if Jesus Christ showed up to their church. I mean, if Christ sh showed up to your church and you offered him, you know, a pig roast, a pig meat, that would be an abomination for him because he says don't eat it, okay? He, he said that his word, notice this, his word says these beasts are unclean, all right? Then you have the bottom dwellers, you know, the sea life that people like to eat, you know, clean. They're, they're, now, again, they're designed to clean up the bottom of the ocean, they're called scavengers, you know, things like lobsters and crabs, you know. Well, why would you eat something called a crab? You know, it's like, honey, don't look for me on a shrimp boat. I'm coming home with the crabs. But why, why would you eat something? Have you ever thought about the names of some of these unclean foods, you know, like, like crabs, uh, shrimp. Look, look, look at that shrimp eating shrimp, you know. Oh, even the names, you know. And now, now, from God's perspective, God comes along and says, now look, first of all, I named it after a venereal disease, crabs. I put it two miles deep below the surface of the ocean, you know, the below, below the water, two miles so that, so, so that you can't get to it, two miles deep on the bottom of the ocean. I put it in a shell that you've got to have a jackhammer to break it open, and I tell you, don't eat it in my word. Now, what would it take to get your attention. What would it take for God to get your attention? You ever ask the question, why we don't hear from God? Why we don't hear God's voice? Well, the reason you don't hear God's voice is because you're not listening to the written word of God. That's the reason you don't hear God's voice. What would it take to get your attention? Do this, don't do that. Eat this, don't eat that. Do you know why you don't listen to God? Because every Sunday, let me, let me tell you why you don't listen to God. Because every Sunday morning, your preacher is telling you not to. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't, don't kid yourself. He's telling you, oh, 
Those old Mosaic Jewish laws, that was for Israel, that dietary law, you don't have to keep that. That was for Israel. That's Mosaic. That's the nail to the cross. We got Peter's vision where he cleansed everything, you know. That's why you don't hear, you don't listen to God because your preacher is standing up there telling you not to. Anyway, this is like the blind leading the blind. That's what it's like. It's the blind leading the blind. Acts 10 and verse 12, Acts 10 and verse 12 says this. So the sheep comes down of all kind of unclean creatures. And there came a voice to him saying, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. <clears throat> now, I'm asking you, if, if, if God told you to do something, would you do it? God says, okay, eat these unclean animals. And Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And it's almost as if he goes ahead and he, and he corrects God and says, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Lord, I'm not. Now, listen, there's a lot of you, if this vision happened to you, you would dive headlong into this sheet of unclean meats. I mean, you just, you know, because you like it, okay? Because you like it. Give me this unclean stuff to eat. But this man, Peter, knew his Bible, and he knew the will of God. And that, that, that's, okay, he knew his Bible, but he knew the will of God, what God's will was. Acts 10 and verse 15. And the voice spake unto him again the second time. What God has cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done three times, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. You know, okay, three times. Three strikes, you're out. How, now my question is this. How does a man gain this kind of confidence? When God told him to do something three times, but Peter knew it was wrong, that it was incorrect. How do you get that kind? How does a man get that kind of confidence? Where you, where you say, I will not do that, and you say it to God. Now, continue on. Acts 10 and verse 17. Now, when Peter doubted in himself, now notice that. Peter doubted. You know, there's a lot of Christians that never, they, they wouldn't doubt if their life depended on it. They would, they'll tell you, oh no, a lot of preachers will tell you, oh no, God has cleansed all that unclean, you know, it's been cleansed. That, that's the meaning behind Peter's vision. But notice this, now while Peter, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision, which he had seen, should mean, behold, there met him, were sent from Cornelius, had made inquiry for Simon's house, and stood before the gate. Notice, again, Peter doubted what this vision meant. Now, Peter was the type of man that said, this is the type of man Peter was. God said it, I believe it, I'm going to do it. All right? Now, what is the conclusion of Peter's vision? Okay, well, the conclusion is that God has cleansed all unclean meats. No, that's not the conclusion. Let's, what did Peter understand by the vision? Now, he doubted what the vision should mean. What was his conclusion? What did he get? What did he understand about this vision? Let's look at the answer. Acts 2 and verse 28. 
And he said unto them, You know how that is, it is unlawful for, thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come into one, uh, one or another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. See, that was Peter's conclusion. God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. What this vision is about is salvation was being offered also to the Gentiles. You see, Gentiles were viewed by the Jews as common and unclean. Someone that you would not want to share a meal with. Someone that you would not want to eat with. And so they were viewed by the Jews as common or unclean. And God says, we're not going to do that anymore. Salvation is into, for all people, regardless of race, color, or skin, or anything like that. that. This is the meaning behind Peter's vision of the sheet that was lowered down of all unclean animals. And in the vision, it says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. The lesson was, I shouldn't call any man common or unclean. Salvation was going to go to the Gentiles also. That's the meaning of this vision. Now, I want to look at the prophet that lied. I want to look at the prophet that lied. Would your preacher ever lie to you? Well, it's just... Yeah, you know, it's just a question. We don't normally think a preacher's lying to us, but I'm, I'm just asking the question, would your preacher ever lie to you? Would your preacher ever tell you something like this? You don't need to keep those old dietary laws. That's mosaic. That's for Israel only. That's, uh, those food laws have been nailed to the cross. Jesus cleansed all meats. You got Peter's vision where, where you know, rise, Peter, kill and eat. All right. Would a preacher ever lie to you? Well, let's take a look at 1 Kings 13 and verse 11. We're going to look at the prophet that lied. Now, there was a certain old prophet living in Bethel whose sons came and told him all that the man of God had done there that day. They also told their father what he had said to the king. And their father asked him, well, which way did he go? And the sons showed him which road the man of God from Judah had taken. So he said to his son, saddle the donkey for me. And when you had saddled the donkey for him, he mounted it and rode after the man of God. He found him sitting under an oak tree and asked, are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. So the prophet said to him, come home with me and eat. And the man of God said, I cannot turn back and go with you, nor can I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. I have been told by God, by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water there or return by the way you came. You know, this man had absolutely been told, don't go there, don't eat water, don't drink water, don't eat any bread or food in that place. Specifically, he had been given specific instructions on what to do. But there was a fly in the ointment. 1 Kings 13 verse 18, the old prophet answered and said, I too am a prophet as you are. And an angel said to me by the word of the Lord, bring him back with you to, to your house so that he may eat bread and drink water. But the man, the old prophet, was lying to him. 
So the man of God returned with him and ate and drank in his house. And while they were seated at the table, the word of the Lord came to the old prophet who had brought him back. And he cried out to the man of God who had come from Judah. This is what the Lord says. You have defied the word of the Lord and have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. You came back and ate bread and drank water in the place where you were told not to eat or drink. Therefore, your body will not be buried in the tomb of your ancestors. And when the man of God had finished eating and drinking, the prophet who had brought him back saddled his donkey for him. And as he went on his way, a lion met him on the road and killed him. And his body was left lying on the road, both the donkey and the lion standing beside it. Okay, I'm going to come back and make a final point about this story. But before I do, I want to offer you something. What's on your plate? So you call yourself a Christian. Well, what's on your plate? Now, this little booklet will educate you, you in the area of some of these unclean meats, the danger that is involved in eating some of these scavenger animals. Also, in the back of it, there's a list of clean versus unclean meats that God separates. You need to order this. I'll send it to you free of charge. It's a powerful little booklet. And, you know, if you do call yourself a Christian, do you listen to what God tells you to do? Is, is simply the question I'm asking you. Now, now, my point is this in reading this story about the prophet that lied. It is this. If God tells you to do something in his word, you better do it. And don't find excuses not to do it. When you read something in the Bible, like these are the beasts that are meant for human consumption. These are the clean beasts which you shall eat. These are the unclean beasts which you shall not eat. When you find something in the Bible, don't look for excuses not to do it. And it just seems to me that there are all kinds of people doing just, just that. Looking for excuses. And often they will look for excuses. Guess where they look for? Guess where they look to? They look to their preacher. They ask their preacher. Now, if your preacher is telling you, we don't have to do that. I too am a man of God. And you can eat whatever you want to eat. You don't have to keep those old dietary laws. That's in the Old Testament. That's Mosaic. That's Jewish. That's, that's not for us. You know, if he's telling you that, He's just another lying prophet. And it seems that churches today, behind pulpits, you have a lot of them. Just another lying prophet. I'm David Freeman, and that's what's really in your Bible. Are you concerned about your personal health? Is God, the creator and designer of the human body, concerned about your health? Are there instructions in the Bible that is directly related to your personal health? When it comes to your personal health, God will not do for you what you can do for yourself. And the one thing that you can do for yourself is to follow God's dietary laws. Order your free copy of What's on Your Plate to get a better understanding of the foods that may be destroying your health. Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 
24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Also, check us out on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.com. This program has been paid for by the tithes and offerings of the Church of God Rocky Mount and friends of this ministry. If you have been challenged by listening to this program, then consider that a great blessing. You can visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. It is the support of people like you that make this ministry possible. If you have been blessed by this understanding given to you today, then consider making a donation by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. If you would like more information or if you have any questions, write to Is That Really in the Bible? 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Or visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net.